0: On this episode, we discuss Saving Christmas. Wait, we discuss how we're going to save Christmas, or is there a movie called Saving Christmas?
1: It's a movie directed by Mel Gibson. No.
2: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey Dan, it's me, Stuart Wellington. <laughs>
0: hey guys, Elliot Kalen here and ready for more
2: flop-tastic fun. And we are the flop house. <laughs> ho ho ho, it's December. <laughs> Merry <laughs> December.
0: <Yep. laughs> yeah, you better watch out. You better December. You better not pout. I'll tell you December. It's more it's slightly colder than November. But not as cold as January you'll get. Not, February's cold too, March sometimes not, too. By the time you get yeah. to April it's warming up. No, we're not doing it. Shortest this day. day
2: of the year <laughs> is in December. Merry December to all the fans. December, guys, December, December. I
0: made it out of days, <laughs> and when December's over, it'll be January. Oh, oh. December, December, December. The month guys, of the end of the on. year. December, December, December. Spiders are <sighs> what I fear. Come on, God. Not really true, I'm
2: not afraid of spiders, but it fits. Stuart has a cold. He's, just, He's so
0: Yeah, in a cold pain. heart. He's a regular Scrooge. Mm-hmm. He's he, going to
2: be visited by three spirits. A <laughs> Both
0: went for the same joke. <laughs> do,
1: we, do we have to do a podcast today?
0: <laughs> uh, Stuart is having the double whammy of feeling a little sick and also having just watched the movie Saving Christmas starring Kirk Cameron, which is almost not a movie. Uh-huh. It is pushing the boundaries of what can be a film as much as any art film i've ever seen Yeah, it's very <laughs> experimental
1: in that regard like
0: if you were to ask me what's more of a movie this or wax or the discovery of television among the bees i'd be like well that has a plot <laughs> it's a plot about a man with a six-sided tv in his head that bees put there and he merges by bomb into two iraqi soldiers yeah. during the gulf war but that's more of a movie than this this is
2: definitely the my dinner dinner with andre of low-budget christian films it's basically just two guys talking for most of the time of the... In the, a car. Yeah. Except for at the, <laughs> whenever they get out of the car, or they don't get out of the car, but whenever you the movie... never leave the car. <laughs> no. Whenever the movie well, gets you, out of the car. Even when you get out of the car, you're still in the car. The one time the movie gets out of the car, it is for You're in the most, a
1: bigger car and you're like, what? <laughs> out
3: of this car. In, in this big car.
2: Car uh, two hypercar. <laughs>
1: Is uh, that the sequel to the car? Okay, you guys is, tricked me with stupid jokes. I still don't want to do this. today. <laughs> okay, well, what if we told
2: you okay. that you that got you to, could be put in this Christianity today for the low low price of ninety nine ninety nine. The low low price of your soul.
0: You could have eternal life. Now let's let that sink in for a moment, because. The minute you're born, you start to die. That's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. how it works. Life is
2: just a brief
0: <laughs> flame between the cradle and the grave. I tell you, it's a one-way trip and there's no return pass. Well, let me tell you, buddy, there is a way you can live forever. And all you have to do is <coughs> celebrate Christmas the exact fucking way Kirk Cameron tells you to. Because if you don't want a tree, Santa Claus, gifts, or a nativity scene in a snow globe, yeah. then you're going to get... I assume, burned at the stake. Santa Claus is coming to town to beat the shit out of you. I mean, this movie does include a scene where St. Nicholas, the person that Santa Claus is supposedly based on,
1: does beat up a guy. (laughs) So guys, what do we do on this podcast? (laughs) Oh,
2: sorry. We should give our mission statement. This is a podcast where we watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. And because it's the holiday season, we... Uh, Did Kirk Cameron teach you nothing? It's the Christmas. Okay. Mm -hmm. We picked Saving Christmas. Or I did. 2014's hit
0: film. To say I knew what we'd be watching before it started playing would be a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. The first thing, the first reason I knew we were watching Saving Christmas was because the screen came up on dance TV and we saw that it was a a full and plump 79 minutes long <laughs> and we we're overjoyed it's a christmas miracle less than an hour and a half little did we know that fully at least a third so of that much 79 bounty. minutes what have
1: we done to deserve this treasure oh nothing but that's god's
0: grace that's just the mystery of it mm-hmm. uh, fully a third or more of the movie is filler there are yeah. two or three it's all filler
2: no killer <laughs>
0: this movie there're two or three Introductory prologues. There, there's at well, least two, and two epilogues. Sequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, no, I you can see four. N-
2: <laughs> there's there's stuff that happens, and then there's production company logo, and then there's stuff that happens, and then another production company logo. You get and to then see stuff like
1: ha- four different versions of the what is this like Magic Christian Church? what, well, Lutheran University. Which one is it's, it? <laughs> it's
0: it's surely the only film that boasts both Samuel Goldwyn Productions and Liberty University as I guess. Involved in the production and distribution in some way, you
2: know? Yeah. So the movie begins... I would say that
0: Samuel Goldwyn, uh, a Jewish man who was dedicated to a certain sort of middle to highbrow, kind of your classic quality film, say what you will about how stodgy that might be, but he produced a number of movies that are genuinely wonderful. I don't know that he would have been so into distributing a $500,000 budget infomercial for rationalizing the non-religious elements of Christmas as actually being far more religious than everything else. That if you this is the mission statement of this movie is if you have an issue with let's say you don't have an issue with Christianity you're already Christian. The movie takes it for granted. If you're watching this movie, you're Christian. I Which, mean, to be fair, is probably yeah, the it's case. It's either a
1: Christian person or assholes who do all
2: these stupid podcasts <laughs> you
0: know, that nobody I, listens to. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm the only non-Christian person to ever see this entire <laughs> movie.
2: Ever. So I don't know. They probably There's probably out there someone has uh, tied down a <laughs> Jewish person and made them watch this in a, a weird effort to convert them. I guess
0: maybe, yeah. I mean, it would be a very weird <laughs> effort. But,
2: uh, yeah, well, take- like, do you imagine
1: that uh, you're a high school kid, you're invited to a party mm-hmm. from the... Well, know, I've never been in that situation, but from, yeah. like some cool kids, and you're like, oh, these cool white kids are really nice. They invited me to this special party. <laughs> oh, wow. Why are they white? <laughs> well, because a Smash Cut, the party ends up, you're in the basement, everybody's looking at you weird. They start a movie, and you're like, oh, I hope it's a spooky scary movie. And in a way, it mm. is spooky scary, because <laughs> the movie they're showing you is uh surviving uh, saving, saving Christ- christmas not surviving surviving
2: christmas is a different
1: one. i mean christmas
0: with the cranks <laughs> so Jingle you get up to way. leave
1: you get up to leave uh, you don't want to watch this movie and you find the basement door is locked mm-hmm. and there's like 16 hungry kids down there <laughs> <laughs> hungry what for you, your flesh yeah or pizza rolls who knows <laughs> kids so there's love both of them so there's a little slot at the bottom of the door. That's where mom can slip the tray with pizza rolls on it. Or perhaps a Go-Gurt. Or, uh, I don't know if the slots are wide enough for the uh, <laughs> Sam's Club size Go-Gurt Sam's containers. Like, like wait,
0: why are they the Sam's Club size? She just gives you the it's individual. because of the s- value, for, dude. Yeah, come no, on. No, but then you How take, much do you think she's made oh, of money? Then you take the individual sleeves of Go-Gurt out of that and you slide it under the
1: door. No, we get in trough size because we're a hungry family of six kids.
0: <laughs> you're going to be, you're got to be transferring it to a smaller package at some point or else you lose the go aspect of go which is that it's
1: mobile and you can eat it on the go. I don't know. I think if you put the trough on a skateboard and then the six kids kind of like shimmy along the side <laughs> next to it, I you're not getting your steps on your, your Fitbit counter. <laughs>
2: Certainly not. But uh, look, I mean, the point. You, it...
0: whether, you better either be on the go drinking it from a sleeve or sitting down playing the ancient
2: game of Go mm-hmm. sure. or it is not go Yeah. But whether you have go-gurt or yogurt, the important thing is the gurt. We can all agree <laughs> oh, yeah. on that. Sure, gurt is
1: where it's at. <laughs> uh, how, the dinosaur? how in a world where they were trying to make yogurt sound cooler, they changed the yo part <laughs> of the word? Uh-huh. Uh, the fact that it
0: already has a cool word in it?
1: <laughs> yeah. And not gurt, which sounds terrible? Yeah, I mean, that's if you're going to try and connect with hip teens... Yeah. I mean, yo is something
0: they say all the time. Yo, Willie! You know, because they're all elf.
2: <laughs> yo, Gabba, Gabba. Yo,
0: Gabba, Gabba.
2: Yo, yo. The, the coolest of the toys. There, are there Justine Bateman's uh, boyfriend from Family Ties who always said yo?
0: <laughs> Nick. Did he? Nick, I, don't I believe. I the
2: character. <laughs> Did he die in a car accident? I you don't
1: know. You're thinking of James Dean. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> I am. Yeah, or Princess Die, maybe?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Who's known for dying? Oh, two. <laughs> what? Come on. Come on. She was we, the people's princess. have known is She all was I'm the saying. people's republic of princess.
1: <laughs> it's
2: right
0: there in the name the whole time. So now yeah. that we've offended everybody, <laughs> let's talk about the movie that offended us. Saving Christmas. Segway of the year award so the movie for begins, your consideration.
1: <laughs> the movie begins in Did it? a nativity
0: scene. <laughs> yes. A nativity
1: leave? of Kirk Cameron's house. <laughs> so the movie starts with
0: Kirk Cameron literally sitting in front of a fireplace Place, establishing the mission statement for this movie, which yeah, like is like
1: a like a Christmas special type opening. Like if yeah. you were doing interstitials for I don't know, you're showing Ernest Saves Christmas or something.
0: Yeah, and Jim Varney,
1: rest in peace, is going to sit in this chair and be. Hey, I mean, Bird, he's that not was gonna, a that was, was crazy corpse. Th- <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. No, but I you know, mean, like it's not time. like a Wild West uh, like Wild Bill Hickok dead body show or something. <laughs> Wait, you know where you're yeah, going? You're not putting it on display. <laughs> you yeah, what, you're, you're not putting a corpse on display. It didn't happen to. The Wild Bill you're thinking of Jonah Hex that happened too.
0: wait Jonah Hex died oh boy <laughs> actually there's a really great Jonah Hex story about his his, his stuffed body is now part of like a sideshow uh-huh. but somehow his guns are still loaded so even though he's a stuffed corpse he still kills somebody yeah <laughs> anyway it's a fun story uh yeah but, but so Chris chris cameron so chris, kirk cameron is sitting christian there christian cameron christian the very christian cameron he's sitting in a chair sipping a mug of cocoa yeah,
3: and very uh,
0: slowly <laughs> very and he very slowly explains the purpose of the movie which is that there's two types of people out there people who are telling you hey you can celebrate christmas but be a little quieter it doesn't belong in the public square and people telling you hey all this stuff about christmas the tree santa claus the elves it's pagan it's not even in the bible and he's saying don't listen to those fuckers, because it's all Christian, and the world should be Christian. Cue the movie, the and world, then you like, cut like, to
2: the it, next group of production logos. But I love, I love how it is, like, actually how the world is. Like, Christian Christianity is, like, walking around, like, this thing, it's mine now. That thing, it's me. Got I mean, that
0: it. is the history season. of Western civilization. <laughs> he does say, he says, I love... The, the fire, because he's in front of a fireplace. And it's a great time to grouch your beard. The
1: fire, it destroys everything. It cares not. <laughs> it's a cleansing fire. <laughs> it's, it purifies the soul. The tool of Vulcan.
0: <laughs> it's destroyer of forests, heater of food, man's oldest enemy. Mm-hmm. This building is on fire. fire.
1: Gremlins too. the new batch. Great stuff.
0: Uh, so he's basically, but he claims claim. Oh,
1: man, what a much better movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a much better
1: Christmas movie, right? Uh, I mean, well, that was not Christmas. That's that. What is, it happens on President's Day, right? <laughs> well, they
0: talk about President's Day <laughs> because uh, she. It's not on President's Day, but she. Someone mentions. Someone
1: mentions it. Someone mentions Lincoln's Lincoln. Birthday. Yeah, Lincoln's birthday, and it kind of, in a way, it takes place on New Year's Eve. <laughs>
3: In um, a
0: way, okay. I retract that it's a Christmas movie. The first <laughs> Gremlins Christmas movie. I let's say it takes place on it. maybe it's an Arbor Day film. Well, to the Gremlins before Day. they all
1: die. Spoiler alert: they kind of <laughs> think it's it's New Year's Eve, and they're singing "New York, New York." They're just partying. Their I mean, "New hands York, up. New York" is not a New Year's Eve song. Kind of, it is. It's what a, else do you hear it?
0: Uh, anytime you're in the airport at New York when you're leaving a Yankees game, oh, they okay. always
1: play it. Yep. Well, that doesn't happen ever. When you're for me. watching
0: the film New York, New York, you hear <laughs> mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli sing it.
2: Okay. When you're having sex with Frank Sinatra, he just sings it. That's what happens because yeah, he because that's like the
0: part about top of the heap. Yeah, he says he sings that while he's on top of you, and then he goes, "Get it, ring a ding
3: ding.
0: You're the heap, baby. I'm calling you a heap. I'm, I'm done. Get out of here. Money's on the table. <laughs> 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 Old blue eyes is not back. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here." <laughs> Gino, take care of her because there's been a guy Gino was there
1: the whole time sitting in the corner. You got it, Frank just waiting for him to finish so he can hustle you out. Yep, and he looks at the camera and he goes, Sammy, woman. you
2: Sammy, you want to turn? No. All right, get her out of here. Oh. It's terrible. Okay, I mean,
1: he was a terrible man.
0: Frank's not true. Yes. Pipe <laughs> voice like an angel though. Yeah. Come on. Uh But anyway, Kirk Cameron is tell- he lays claim to things like fireplaces and beards as if those are part of Christmas. Uh and but he says like don't listen to those people. Everything about Christmas is religious. Here's how you'll find out. Then cut to the title credits. It's an animated, you know,
1: birth of Jesus and ska
2: movie. Christmas music. Playing. Ska- the movie yeah, thinks- it's
1: like the, the, the cherry protected daddies are playing this song. <laughs> <The> cherry protected <laughs> get it, guys? daddies. I get yeah. it i get it. it's dan doesn't seem to enjoy my joke
2: <laughs> it took me a moment because there was a band in the 90s now there yeah, was a band who played on those. i
0: believe the nickelodeon kids choice <laughs> yeah. awards whose name was the cherry popping yeah, daddy that's a swing a revival. name that implies at the very least that a man with children of his own is going about I mean, it wasn't really a, deflowering someone else's wasn't children really a ska or at worst
2: band. his children uh, what was it then part no of the swing swing revival oh you're
0: right it was part of the swing revival i mean if
2: you're making a save ferris joke maybe then i would have been on board what's
0: another well what about or like, like real uh,
2: big fish oh, yeah yeah go.
0: it's real big fisher of men
2: there you go perfect
0: there you go Boom. done we did it
2: <laughs>
1: case closed take him away boys oh <laughs> uh, no no cage will keep
0: me what about nicholas cage here i'll keep him in my house yeah in my castle that i sold i'll put him in my pyramid tomb <laughs> <laughs>
1: I forgot he had one
0: of those. Yeah, so I'll be like the risen Osiris. <laughs>
1: my organs will be kept in canoptic jars. <laughs>
0: Got to keep my ka. Can't spell cage without ka. It's not spelled that way, but you get the idea. Nicholas, Nicodemus. Sure, that's a that's an Egyptian thing, There's right? Something there, keep going. Nicholas Coptic. Anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, Kirk Cameron has established a mission statement. So cut two. we are at the swinginest Christmas party at someone's McMansion mm-hmm. that there is. And Kirk Cameron, it's his brother's – it's his sister's house. And she's married to a guy named Christian despite the fact that he looks – and he's coded as super Jewish. Mm-hmm. Glasses, beard goatee. Asks a lot of questions. Asks a lot of questions. Talks like I, – I, I, is this – is this Christmas? Cause I, it's, is this Christmas? Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, celebrate Christmas like this, like that, like this, uh, like this, like <laughs> Turn this. Turned into Jackie Mason. Yeah. Jackie Freemason, the conspiracy comedian. And
1: Kirk Cameron's sister, I believe, is played by his real-life sister, or possibly a woman who just had her last name changed to Cameron. Maybe.
0: And the guy who plays his brother-in-law, Christian, is also the screenwriter and the director of the film.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's why he takes direction so well. <laughs> I think that's why he's allowed to ramble on
0: <laughs> for minute he's after minute and take after to take.
2: Improvise as if he's doing uh, like a viola spolin exercise every time he's on, st- on swollen the, viola. Yeah, swollen viola. Viola spolin. One I, of the I don't know what that is. She's one of the uh, the <coughs> seminal figures in improvisation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What does she do? Uh, she helped invent improv as a form. Because uh, you know who I thought invented improv, Jesus.
0: Oh, okay. when he improvised the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. When he said, he goes, I need I need a word to bless. Mm-hmm. I need a suggestion of something to bless the meek. <laughs> oh, thank you, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Okay, I need another thing mm-hmm. to bless. Mm-hmm peacemakers <laughs> and that's all the sermon amount that yeah, i some, know some short scenes there <laughs> <laughs> every time he's done it's short form christianity very sho- every time judas runs across the stage <laughs> to show that the scene is over Uh, Anyway, Christian is appalled that his family is throwing this Christmas party that's so materialistic. It's not really about what's in the Bible or about the important thing, which is Jesus, and everything's distracting from Jesus. This is
1: a very (coughs) well-attended, multicultural uh, Christmas party filled with giant uh, plastic candy canes (laughs) and stars. Giant wrapped
2: gifts. Big big old nutcracker in the corner. A man dressed as Santa Claus who is
0: barely trying to keep his beard
2: on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a a rip snorter
0: of a a holiday party. Kirk Cameron, and there's like five speaking parts in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Three of the characters barely enter into it. And the other two are Kirk Cameron and Christian. And so Christian storms out to his car. He can't deal with this. And Kirk Cameron decides he's going to go drop a little gospel knowledge on him so that he understands that this is actually the right way to celebrate Christmas. And he does this with three, eventually four monologues about how each of these elements that seem like they're not part of celebrating the divinity of Jesus actually are and if you don't do them you're kind of a heretic who needs to die and they are like they're
2: hilariously like reaching they, they the might as well part. be like riddler jokes in the <laughs> batman series the way that they <laughs> make a connection between two unconnected things. Well, this conversation, and I use that term loosely,
1: begins with Christian sitting in his SUV listening to, I don't know, one of many different types of songs that are played. They, list, they listen to a country song, some kind of funk
0: song, a hip-hop song, just in the background. But here, here's the thing I just, I just didn't realize till now. You know why Kirk Cameron's so mad? What's you know that? what Christian's refusing to do at his own party? Mingle.
1: Uh, uh... Christian oh. mingle. That's why, because that's another movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, what you were saying. <laughs> so he the their conversation begins with Christian basically laying out all the reasons why he doesn't agree with like the materialism of Christmas and the various traditions that are associated with it. And Kirk Cameron never really answers that. Like he never he starts to he never really actually talks like it. it it begins, it's exclusively told through stories rather than like, and him revealing information as opposed to like actually trying to get to the bottom of what is his, his brother in law's problem. It's are. not a real dialogue. It is, yeah, it's a series of,
0: solilo- it's a series of speeches explicating each of these things, but they're all like, imagine a stone.
2: Yeah. A stone in a cave. So the three <laughs> things that, while they're in the car at least, that, uh, Christian is upset about are number one for Huey, some reason the Dewey Louis for some reason the nativity snow globe which is of course the major objection that anyone has a problem with the corruption of Christmas has is <laughs> <It's> all these <laughs> mm-hmm. nativity snow globes everywhere number two the Christmas tree and lastly what was the third one Santa, Santa, Claus. Santa Claus how do I forget Santa Claus the biggest one of them all because yeah.
0: he's a fat man
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. covered uh, he, in red uh, he
0: thinks. Uh, as to quote Chico Marx, there ain't no sanity clause.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, wow, you really worked that in easily. <laughs> <laughs> Segway of the year award
0: for your consideration. Um, so, so his his so let's we'll try to very quickly do it. The explanation for why the Nativity Snow Globe is important is because you have to remember that Jesus was born to die. But that he the Herod soldiers wanted to kill him when he was a baby. But nuh-uh. God was going to kill Jesus when God was good and ready, so he did. It doesn't really explain. It doesn't really get at why. I mean, he said the Christian says Jesus wasn't born in December, so why do do this now? And Kirk Cameron kind of dances around that. It's weird yeah. that the movie they could have just edited out the things that the stories don't really address, but instead he- they leave them in anyway.
2: And I'm, and I don't want to. There's no way to put too fine a point on it, like Christian. Not to put too fine a point on it. Maybe there's a bee in your bonnet. (laughs) Yeah, make a little birdhouse in your soul. Mm -hmm, While you're at it. Leave the nightlight on. Inside. The birdhouse in my soul. But here's the thing. Like, Christian is, as his name would suggest, a Christian. Like, it's not like this movie. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. (laughs) This movie is not about the spiritual awakening of a non-believer. It's about one type of believer versus another type of believer. And Christian's type of believer is like, Look, I mean, like, there's nothing in the Bible that says this happened at Christmas. Like, it didn't happen at Christmas. Like, it it didn't happen in the winter. Didn't happen in December. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Even
0: if it did, December in... where was where was Jesus born? Was it Nazareth, or did you grow up in Nazareth?
1: Uh, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. That's it's right. Uh, like, that now you, now you're messing with a son of a bitch song. <laughs> that's by Nazareth. Yeah,
0: yeah, But like, even December in Bethlehem, it most likely would not have snowed. They would not have pine
2: trees around everywhere. Yeah. Like the this is the pine tree is a sim, a pagan symbol that was borrowed from the winter solstice rather he, than a.
0: He mentions ham, and I just realized now, like yeah. You better believe Jesus' family was not eating ham at that time, because it's not kosher.
2: Yeah. Like they never would have. So ever. Let's say that Christian is like the intellectual Christian. He's
0: he's the Christian who is looking, yeah, who's trying to put some kind of for the lack of a better word, let's call it scientific or historical basis to mm-hmm. his faith. Whereas Kirk Cameron, I guess, is supposedly presenting kind of the more mystical or metaphysical, symbolical.
2: Symbol
1: like yeah. symbology
2: of faith, but well, really, he's kind of just like a go along, get along Chris. Well, well, that's
1: a- that's his mentality. But he uses the weapons of the enemy by trying to use symbology and like historical record to back him up.
0: I guess so. It's yeah. It's like he is. He uses a lot of extreme, <laughs> like very, very tortured explanations to explain why. Oh no, the proper way to celebrate Christmas and therefore to be a Christian is to do it the way that middle-to-upper-class, middle-white Americans do it in the late 20th, early 21st century.
1: That's yeah. what God meant all this time. The importance of the mistletoe hanging above a couple that's about <laughs> to smooch is that it reflects the base desires of two animal I don't I don't know enough about Christianity, guys help me out. <laughs> yeah. Like
0: it's, I, the, uh, there's a part at the end where and he talks about the tree, he goes, in Genesis, God creates a lot of trees, and then there's this other tree, and here's another tree. Boom, trees. With Santa Claus, saint saint nicholas went to the council of nicaea and he was the one who stood up for Christ's divinity so santa claus isn't distracting from jesus he's protecting jesus and it's like the each of these things it feels like you're watching a glenn beck show where you're like you've taken like three actual historic facts and you've spun a web between them that like doesn't really hold up and doesn't answer the criticism and all you've all you're really doing. There's a scene. Here's the shot that made this movie for me. Was when Christian realizes his his error of his ways and goes back in to apologize to his wife for being a jerk, and walks past two enormous fr- refrigerators in their huge kitchen. Yeah, next to like they have an entire like a like a refrigerator sized wine holder.
2: Yeah, that's, a that's wine ref- fridge.
0: Wine fridge, and it's like, oh, that's what this movie is all about. This movie is all about how like. It's totally okay to be a Christian who spends all of his money on stuff for himself and is working towards having a lifestyle that demands three enormous refrigerators next to each other. Yeah. Because Jesus wants you to have all this stuff, dude. And then it becomes explicit when, at the end, they're they're eating dinner and there's a voiceover from Kirk Cameron, who's as if because it's like they forgot to address this thing, so they threw it in. Hey, people say the materialism gets to you. Well, the story of Christ is all about the story of someone overcoming the material world and the material flesh
2: no it was like no it's, a, so, it's about a di- divine person made material and so yeah, giving yeah. material things is okay it's a celebration it's of like, material well, that, my and you're seeing fucking like, god this is like the opposite of the
0: christian the, the, the this is, christian
2: li- this is dogma, literally
0: like. over like catalog shots of like very nice napkins and silver napkin rings on like a on a beautifully laid <laughs> table like the whole
2: thing Do you feel look, like if someone brought up the parable of the camel and going through the eye of the needle and a rich man entering the kingdom of heaven, they'd be like, uh, look over there. <laughs> no, they'd, run they, off. they'd come up with some way to explain how actually the
0: needle represents posterity. And what they're saying is God is so generous that he'd make a needle big enough for a camel to get through. <laughs> That's why he wants you to have this stuff. He's so generous. But they, and when he talks about... uh he also talks about can't say it, about Saint Nick beating the shit out of somebody, which is like as if like this guy was a hero. He beat the crap out of this guy, yeah. which seems also like kind of a non-Jesus way to act. But 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 actually, the the best rationalization is the guy Christian to show he's now humble sli- throws open the doors of his house and then slides in on his belly along the marble, really floor. polished marble floor. Yeah. So that he is at eye level with the presence, and it goes, Look up at those presents, those boxes wrapped under the tree. Don't they look kind of like a skyline for the perfect city of heaven that God dwells in? And look at you with the tree above it, and that tree symbolizes Jesus, and that's the center, blah, blah, blah. But it was like,
2: Wait, Wait hold, yeah. on hold on a second. We're supposed to give presents to each other because if you look at them from the floor, <laughs> they look like a city.
0: It's, I'm not sure
2: that tracks.
0: And like, I am the I am what I like I remember we did Fireproof, which was another Cameron Christian movie. Yeah. And I wanted to go out of my way to say like, look, I have no problem with people's faith. I respect people having that faith and I admire it about people. And I've got my own faith that I don't need to get into. It's called mm-hmm. chromism.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. No, no, but like as a as you a, believe in the strength of one's arm.
0: <laughs> it's the only faith I have. Uh the only prayers that have been answered are the ones answered by these fists. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, like, the, it's really that religious faith is something that I have a lot of respect for, and that I think is very beautiful. But so it, I like don't want to get I don't want to be at the point where I'm like, look at these dumb religious people. But like this movie's really dumb. And well, it no, takes, you're not. It takes the things about, like the things that are valuable to the human spirit I mean, I'm about religion. This movie's really dumb. No, no I'm dumb. not saying
2: that about religion.
0: No, but the like that the, it takes the things that are that are most necessary and valuable about spiritual life, and it's like. Look, dude, you can believe in Jesus all you want, but if you're not buying a shit ton of presents and dressing up as Santa Claus and putting a tree up, you might as well be a tourist. You know, like, it's. I yeah, like I mean, it. like, well, I'm a. Even the fact that I pronounce terrorist that way, as if making fun of somebody from a different region I yeah. don't like, that wasn't fair of me. That wasn't fair to you, Dan. Well, I. Grew to make up- fun of the way you say it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you say it that way?
1: Terrorist. Oh no, you say it that yeah, way. It's a different way. You say uh, terrorist. I mean, you, there's a certain slack jawness of Dan's pronunciation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, like a Cro Magnon man. Sure.
2: I don't know what I said. That was weird. But anyway, I mean, I grew up in the Christian faith, and my uh, father was a minister, my grandfather was a minister, minister, my other grandfather was a minister, my uncle was a minister. Uh, I went to church every Sunday. And I think this movie is the dumbest thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is really dumb. But also, there's the fact that—so you think the movie's over because Christians realize the error of his ways. Mm -hmm. They take a snapshot of the whole family, freeze frame, it says Merry Christmas in text. Movie's over, right? That should
1: be the end, right? No, incorrect.
0: He's got to apologize to his wife and then have a dance party— a hip hop dance party, party for like five straight minutes. Well, movies, like great
1: credits are going to roll during this, Movies right? are over. Movies over, right?
0: No. Time to sit down for dinner so Kirk Cameron can talk to us about materialism. Movies over, right? Wrong. Time for the bloops. We finally got some bloops at the end of a movie, which did make me a little happy. Yeah. <laughs> that we finally got some bloopers. Yeah.
1: A uh, lengthy blooper segment pads out the <laughs> the the goose of 79
2: Well, it minutes. brings it's me. Like
0: they had to have so much filler to reach the barest minimum length for a feature film.
2: Yeah, I mean, this brings me to the the non car scene that I wanted to get at before, which is like the the <coughs> the lion's share of the bloopers are are the scene between. Uh, like the one black guy in the movie, and Andre, this, De- this other guy played
1: by actor and producer of this movie, whose name I don't remember, and but this is his only role, and he fucking chews the shit out of that scene. The, a, the yeah, he is between a him ham.
2: and like a guy who kind of looks like the Christian David Cross, and they... David
0: crucified on a cross. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Christian David Cross would just be called David. If anything, David Cross should change his name to David Star of David, like, yeah. it's like that. His name uh, I never realized is the perfect melding of Judaism and Christianity. David Cross, he's the he's the hinge point between the Bible and the New Testament.
2: Mm-hmm. But there's this one inexplicable scene where <laughs> we, early in the movie, where we cut from the car, the car, and the stories that are being told. And it's, the <laughs> the leave, <laughs> it's the one time that we leave. Stories. It's the one time that we leave these two guys in the car. A moment where we're like,
1: oh, let's check back in on that
2: awesome party. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, Let's these... leave my awkward car sit with Andre to go see these other guys. <laughs> these two guys uh, hiding their mouth with mugs so no one can see them. No one can see what they're talking about, and so that they can dub in the dialogue later. <laughs> <laughs> they dub in this long uh, monologue about this conspiracy. Like this guy's like going through all these conspiracy theories, and and he, like part of what he talks about in his conspiracy theories is the war on Christmas. So this movie takes like a weird like. A surprising anti-War on Christmas They
0: choose this, this character to like... He's he's I, clearly supposed to be like... A, it's a humor moment, and you're not yeah. supposed to take him seriously. But he talks about the War on Christmas, and there's fewer bees, and there's chemtrails, and the New World Order. I saw it on Fox
2: News. Yeah, so they're putting Fox News and the War on Christmas on the same level as chemtrails. So clearly the movie is like... Interestingly uh, ideologically mixed on a lot of things. But
0: at the same time I don't like the there's no purpose to the scene. Like it, no, doesn't, it doesn't make any I mean,
1: sense. Fucking yucks, dude. Yeah, yeah, fucking yucks. Yeah, to get us fucking cracking up. <laughs> you know, because you don't want people to only hear like super serious stories about Santa being a badass. True, true. They came here for jokes and entertainment. They didn't come here just for a sermon, boring. Some story about a tree that I totally forgot.
0: What's crazy is that when I saw the trailer for this movie a long time ago, I thought it was going to be about Kirk Cameron coming out against the materialism of Christmas. And we trying to all back assume to that
1: going into it. Like, it's a natural assumption. <laughs> the moment when the movie pulls an audition-level fucking switch <laughs> up, and we're like, this is not the movie we were expecting. This is a movie where he's justifying materialism is crazy.
0: It's like this movie was conceived as a direct response to... Charlie Brown Christmas. Where it's like <laughs> no Linus. That is not what this is about. <laughs> this is about doing the things we tell you to do. Mm-hmm. I would now. I love now. I wish. I wish we had the DVD so we could watch the deleted scenes for Kirk Cameron explains why eggnog is part of God's There's plan. There's literally
2: mm-hmm. a part in the in the movie where Kirk Cameron goes, "Now let's feast," and it's just like <laughs> you might as well be like gluttony, <laughs> gluttony for all. But uh,
0: it's a. It's a movie that I mean, it was made to be shown in like church basements and stuff like that, or like mm-hmm. to have. I assume Dan, this is the kind of movie you're. From. As pornography,
1: <laughs> kind <laughs> yeah. of in a way. There's a lot of pornography to it, like the the moment where well, the hardcore where...
0: scene in the minute in the middle between Jesus and and awesome. Mary was crazy. I mean, that's his mom.
1: <laughs> the uh, I'm the, not into those. But but showing a guy like Kurt Cameron convincing another smart guy with like his weird bullshit logic. To like to and go along by with the what way, he's saying. Like that's the ultimate pornography for some folks. The mm, idea that you've yeah. like
0: interesting. You've
1: had a conversation and through your own fucking logic you convinced him like nothing gets his fucking boner exploding <laughs> faster.
2: <laughs> yeah. The most easily convinced man in the world. Like the Kirk you, Cameron like tells him a story and he's like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. You get My like, eyes have been open. If Kirk
0: Cameron was like, I got to use the bathroom, stay right here and left. And then another guy got in and started telling him the opposite, he'd be like, Yeah, you got a good point. I yeah. have a harder
1: time when I'm bartending of convincing Dan to have another drink than this guy <laughs> has. Of good and for that, all you have to go is, Dan,
0: and he goes, We well, got yeah, one more. <laughs> Y'all yeah, take it. It's, it's like a. I mean, we went into this incorrectly thinking that it was a movie. And when it's more, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's it's like
2: when it's an experience.
0: <laughs> you don't uh, watch Kirk Cameron saving Christmas; you live it.
1: Uh, I love,
2: of, I love when like Christian, like you know, like Christian is making like uh, a Christian valid the
1: character, not Christian.
2: Yes, okay. Christian is making a valid point about Christmas trees being a pagan tradition. And who cares? Like, that's a valid point, although who cares if they are? Like, it's also a beautiful thing to do. Like, I have a Christmas tree in my apartment right now. Looking at it right now. As we record. But Kirk Cameron's uh, rationale for it is, like, basically twofold. He's like, uh, there were trees in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) And also... Trees are kind of like a cross, and Jesus got crucified on a cross. Like, this is the level of of discourse that the movie exists on, and there's something beautiful about that. There's a lot of
0: tree, huh? Let me tell you all the times trees show up in the Bible. It's like, well, should we have lepers at the party? Like, I don't understand. Should there be (laughs) plagues at the
1: party? Like, those are in the Bible, too. Ugly Christmas sweaters. Almost reflect the pain the ascetics felt when wearing a hair shirt. <laughs> what would be uglier
0: than a world without divine grace? <laughs> to look at that sweater is to be reminded what we owe to Jesus
2: for egg his suffering. Egg nog. Eggs symbolized the egg that was not fertilized by man but by God. <laughs> and the nog, of course. <laughs> well, of course, the nog. It's all
0: midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does feel like an entire movie of of uh, Qui Gon explaining what midi are. <laughs> but it's. Like, I feel like uh, as I always do when I see movies like this. I feel like a piece of entertainment from an alternate reality that I'm not meant to witness slipped through by accident. Yeah. Like I'm not the intent. I know for me, you guys totally are the intended audience. But
1: mm-hmm. I'm not. Oh the yeah, in- I was lapping it up like a fucking. <laughs> Like a dog, you kept saying more, please. I was like a dog lapping up its own sick. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stop. I'll probably just barf it up and lick it up again. But all I could like think about was like the number of grandkids
0: who are gonna have to watch this movie while they're visiting their fam- their grandparents on mm-hmm. Christmas, and like, sorry, folks. But I mean they
1: almost need to make a sequel so they can have a fucking story from Kirk Cameron explaining how this movie is part of the like <laughs> how this movie's part of the bible basically the lord
0: moves in mysterious ways much like movies
2: uh-huh. Jesus
0: said, "You will not always have me with you. Much as this movie will end, and then you'll have to do something else." <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, we've been through the entire movie. We should uh, wrap it up and give our final judgment. Wrap it up like a Christmas present, exactly like a Christmas present, and say whether. So this I don't is- get one.
0: Thanks, Dan. <laughs>
2: You get a Hanukkah present, so something bad probably. Oh Holiday no! Hanukkah got great presents. Really? I, here's
0: here's a stereotype I'd like to knock down. Thank okay. you. On uh, an earlier episode, I talked about the stereotype of the lonely guy masturbating because he's sad. Not true. Guys masturbate for any number of reasons, and often you feel better afterwards often for pleasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> often for the pleasurable, pleasurable <laughs> sensation. Uh, my in my experience, sometimes Hanukkah, it's just for shock value. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a, at a baseball game or at an opera, sure. But uh, I have my Hanukkah presents growing up, great presents.
2: You know why? Because you're trying to com- compete with Christmas. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean,
0: that is true. I mean, there's no reason to give gifts at Hanukkah <laughs> otherwise. It's mainly a gambling holiday, what with the yeah. dreidel and the gelt and all,
2: and the lot because it's about a, This is a gift that we Christians have given to you. Good
0: Thank competition. you. Dan. <laughs> Thanks. But uh, it's. I mean it is watching it's maybe this I'm a little harsh in my mind on this movie after uh it was so it, as it was so forcefully explained to me on election night that I'm here by the good favor of other people in this country mm-hmm. It's this real sorry bar- for explaining that to you. No I appreciate it, Stuart. you needed to because I, fe- I was feeling a little too like ownership of the place much, but uh that while watching it, there was this moment where I was like hmm. Ugh, there's a lot of people who just don't see the universe the same way I do. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. All right.
2: So I give it a good grade.
0: Okay. <laughs> Final judgments. I actually think it's a, it's a, it's, you
2: know, I usually. The would, judgments are a good, bad, 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 or a movie you kind of like. I actually call it a good, bad movie. It's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> Uh,
0: and it's super short. If you skip the bloops, we, and if you leave, if you end it before the hip-hop dance, this movie is easily, what, 50 minutes long? Yeah. Wait a
1: minute. Are you, like, leaving because you already know which sports team won? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I'm out Gotta of here. beat the rush. <laughs> yeah, you're like, he already threw the ring of Mount Doom. Time I mean, to get out of here. The, re-
0: <laughs> the reason that I miss the ending of every baseball game my family went to as a kid, because around the seventh inning, my dad will be like, well... This is over. Let's go. Uh, I mean, the score is 3-2. It's <laughs> little, still anybody's game. I don't want to have to wait in line in the parking lot. Let's get out of here. And then we'd hear on the, on the radio, on the car ride home, that our team won. it <laughs> would be like, well, oh, it like it was an exciting game we just missed the end of. Thanks, Pop. Yeah, but we got the free towel they were giving out. No, okay,
2: thanks, Dad. Uh Yeah, I have to agree. This, to me, was a, a good, bad movie. I had a blast watching this, actually.
0: <laughs> Although, what I liked was seeing Dan really enjoying it for a while, and then there was a moment where Dan was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I <think> theologically, it's <laughs> terrible. Around the materialism thing at the end, you, it just, like, snapped you in a way that I found entertaining.
1: What
2: do you
0: think, Stu? I just
1: don't think it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, uh, I don't know, like if somebody showed me an episode of a TV show, and I'd have to judge it as a movie, and I don't think that's fair. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Wait, that's, okay. Okay, so, fine. So, I guess
1: it's a fucking awesome movie. It's super great. <laughs> There's all these characters, like four of them. So on the scale from Terminator 2 to Road Warrior, where, okay. where would you put it? Uh, I guess it's closer to Terminator 2 because of the <laughs> message. <laughs> Budget, it's closer to Road Warrior, I guess. Uh, There's no Vernon Wells in it, but he might have been in the giant nutcracker. <laughs> I'm going to say good bad movie. Okay.
2: Hooray, three good bads. It's, it's a, a Christmas, Christmas miracle. Oh, I was going to say that. From the dawn of time, one podcast has unlocked the secrets of science and technology to enrich the lives of billions. And now, after a year where they've unlocked the golden age of knowledge, they're about to hit warp speed and go stratospheric
1: up on oh no ross and carrie we don't make extraordinary claims we investigate them
2: we go undercover with fringe religious groups investigate paranormal claims and we participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and then report our findings to you and yes we've even investigated scientology new episodes every month at maximumfun.org. oh no ross and carrie they show up so you don't have to
1: Comedy, friendship, and creativity. All of this and more wait for you at Max Funcon. Join us for Max Funcon in Lake Arrowhead next June or Max Funcon East in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both events are on sale now, but they're going fast. Visit maxfuncon.com to buy your tickets right now.
2: The flop house is sponsored in part by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon, a clothier who believes in smart design premium fabrics and simple shopping and boy is that shopping simple friends oh
1: it don't get any simpler than <laughs> First, just whip Shop. out
2: your phone Go to
1: macweldon.com, say beep, boop, boop into your phone microphone. <laughs> Siri takes you right there, and you go, What kind of undergarments do I want to slap on my bottom bits? Let
0: me say something about Mac Weldon. Uh-huh. I don't want you guys to have to think about what's covering my penis right now, uh-huh. but no. it's Mac Weldon underwear right now as I record this, and it is super comfortable. Wrapped around like a tourniquet? Nope. That would imply there's something wrong with my penis, and it clearly works. I have a son. <laughs> He's mine, right? Oh, God. <laughs> but the test said. Don't think about it now. Don't think about it now. You're on the air. Uh, he's no. so
1: blonde, Elliot.
0: It's it's true. Blonde. He is very blonde. Uh, he does okay. And he loves curly he blonde loves, locks. Doesn't it look seems, like me. Yeah, he's, he's good at sports. Uh not true. He's actually a little uncoordinated, but <laughs> and he's interested mainly in monsters and Muppets right now. So uh, if anything, very close to me. Uh, I think uh, yeah. It's and it's the most comfortable underwear. It's super comfortable, and you don't feel swampy at the end of the day. No. <laughs>
2: That uh, swampy feeling? No. Say it, goodbye to it. And it looks goodbye great. Goodbye, swampy feeling, you say. Hey. You say, hey, swamp thing, get out of here. Get, Alec Holland. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
0: hey, you'll go be part of the green, buddy. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh here's the thing. Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't <laughs> like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll <laughs> refund you. No questions asked.
0: Which is a funny offer though, that being because like, it's like don't like that umpire don't like that underwear? Keep it. Mm, you, <laughs> got,
1: you got an effigy to make and want to <laughs> clothe it in underpants for some reason. You hey, can use these. Disposing of that
0: underwear you don't like is your problem now. But you're gonna like it because it's really. I guess tell them you don't like it so you can
1: have you can keep it because it's really good. You're gonna wear it all the time. Are you like Elliot and are offended? There's a statue of Captain America. <laughs> well, why don't you put some underpants on him and laugh at him? I
0: mean, I'm not offended. I think it's weird to have a statue for a very militarized statue of a fictional character when. Uh, Let's let's I'll just take it somewhere else, Bill Maher. Let me just say let's just <laughs> pick a name out of my hat. Uh, that Elizabeth Roebling, who basically built the Brooklyn Bridge, there's no statue of her in Brooklyn, and there should be. I've been wanting to put a petition well, out like about a that, but I don't shield? know how to do it.
1: Yeah, holding a giant shield and punching Hitler in the <laughs> face. <laughs> oh wow. That's a really complicated statue. Go on, Dan. It's more the of point a tableau.
2: Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, shirts, all their stuff. Looks good but also performs well in all sorts of uh, environments, working out, going to work, going on dates, just uh, doing whatever, man. All the
0: Star Wars environments, desert planet, Mm -hmm. cold planet, forest planet, foundry planet. Cantina planet. planet. Well, cantinas on the desert planet.
1: Yeah, if you're going to have to deny death sticks from uh, Elan Bagano.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to try it out for yourself, go to MacWeldon.com and get (coughs) 20% off using promo code... Flop.
0: Flop. It's easy to remember because it's what the thing inside the Mack Weldon underpants will be doing in lesser underpants. Oh, boy. (laughs) Just flopping around. Jeez. I highly recommend them. Uh,
2: The podcast tonight is also sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? (coughs) Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Well, look, posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. That's foolish. Mm -hmm. Why would you think that you're going to get the best candidates... Just by putting it in one place where,
0: you know, people aren't going to see that. What if the place is bestcandidates.com?
2: That place is uh, playing you for a fool, Elliot.
0: Okay, now what if the place is
2: on the bottom of a homeless man's shoe? Uh, then you really are, depending on the luck of the universe, to <laughs> provide you with the finest What candidates. if I believe that serendipity is when fate has a sense of humor? <laughs> then you... <laughs> you're writing fucking movie posters? <laughs> That, I mean, plagiarizing them, that yes. That movie made me angry, by the way. <laughs>
0: how so? Explain. And then get back to Zip Recruiter. <laughs> the whole point. Explain of the movie how is... a movie
2: based on a dessert restaurant got you angry. John Cusack and who is it, Kate Beckinsale? The Saliest, yeah. The Beckinsaliest. They, they uh, have a great uh, date together, they think that they're in love. And they, uh, Kate Beckinsale, I believe, writes her name in a book, mm-hmm. a copy of a book. Says that if, it's the, be, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You'll th- find this, this book. Again. Will come to- that is bullshit. That book, Congo by Michael Craig <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So he's like, but I don't want that book to come back to me.
2: What <laughs> it's got a talking gorilla named Amy. Yeah. That's pretty great. I mean the most bad, bad
1: gorilla. The most bad gorilla. <laughs>
2: Amy,
0: barely Amy. nose hair man. <laughs> like barely a talking gorilla. She has some kind of vocoder strapped to her sign language arm. If that's talking, well then yeah. I don't want to talk. If
1: that's the future, send me back to Bedrock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bad Rock. <laughs>
1: So, Dan, continue. Tell us about Zip
0: Recruiter. Uh, so, where should we recruit from? So,
1: if Dan you, is hiring what? Uh, somebody to be your footman or a maid? Yeah, a
0: valet? Yeah, Batman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Batman. I want a personal Batman. My own personal Batman. Like a song. <laughs> your own personal Batman. That's going to go so <laughs> So, anyway, Zip Recruiter. If you want to find the perfect hire, You need to post your job on all of the top sites. And now you can, because with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. What? That's right. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. And recruit. <coughs> uh, Dan, I believe we
0: have a Jumbotron j- j- message. have j- 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 a
2: Jumbotron oh. message this we week. We also
0: have a Jumbotron message. If you'd like to get a message on Jumbotron, go to maxfun.org yeah. forward
2: slash Jumbotron. Maximumfun.org forward slash jumbotron
0: and this message is for mark and it's from netty and the -hmm. message is i am missing you so much i have resorted to wasting my time with the flop house parentheses purported gentlemen these guys are my only support system right now can you see how desperate i've become oh well thanks for the diversion flop buddies mark go give Nettie some company or something
2: yeah yeah.
0: Nettie shouldn't have to
2: put, have so, to settle for us. Nettie doesn't, yeah, she shouldn't have to be using us as go-betweens. <laughs>
1: is this like a frequency situation where Mark is in the past and she's in the future? Or I think like she, the lake
2: house.
0: Yeah, or frequency. Yeah, I mean, Stuart's version worked, yeah. Don't know why I need to try to top him with a different one.
2: <laughs> you put this podcast in the mailbox <laughs> and it goes back in time. Here's what you do.
0: You put this podcast in Doc Brown's pocket. Then he delivers it 30 years from now. Thanking you for saving him from the Libyans or whatever. But then he drops the podcast
1: on the ground and Biff picks it up.
0: <laughs> oh, whoa, no. Whoa. Now he knows what movie we're going to talk about <laughs> in the future and he can bet on it. Hey, Dan, can I plug something while we're at it? Sure. I'd like to plug my other podcast or rather series it's called. It's called Presidents or People Too. And in it, me and my co-host Alexis Co talk about all the presidents. Um... It's available through iTunes now, or you can go to Audible and Audible Originals. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you can get that way too. And listen to even more episodes. If you're an Audible member, you get all the episodes. iTunes takes a little bit longer. There's a little bit of a delay before the iTunes listeners get it. But new episodes are posted all the time. We've got a bunch of good episodes. Maybe start out with our Teddy Roosevelt, or Mm -hmm. perhaps you could try our Richard Nixon or John F. Kennedy. Or, hey, you know what? Go with like John Quincy Adams, Was maybe someone you don't after, know so much uh, as about. about. Presidents. That's because every president gets their own individual episode, and we're going to do all forty-five of them. Uh,
2: there are a couple of other <laughs> short announcements that uh, we should make. Number one, Martin uh, Short is here. The, <laughs> that's oh, wow. a short announcement. The uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say that uh, I'm glad the, he didn't do a Martin Short impression. The no. flop house. Oh,
0: announcement number two. Martin Short has been shot.
2: I'm so sorry. <laughs> The Flophouse Facebook group, uh their charity ra- dri- their charity drive, not Grive. There's no such thing as a charity drive.
0: Uh, maybe hey, make it new. It's your thing now, Boo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm straight tripping, Boo. Uh Your tongue is. Oh the- Flophouse Facebook. <laughs> You're on fire tonight, dude. Mm-hmm. The, the Flophouse Facebook has organized a charity drive for Planned Parenthood. We mentioned it before. Plant uh, Parenthood. If you want to donate, that's for the plant nurseries. You can uh, go. We've got a link up on the site. Uh, but we also want to mention that. We will be doing another live show. Our, our live show, energy, Dan, enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, right. so we're doing a show at the <laughs> Alamo Draft House, the new Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, New York. It's that a just opened. Beautiful
0: theater. It's great. The movie I'm recommending tonight, I saw there.
1: We're going to be doing a uh, a riff show where we're going to be making jokes over the movie, classic bad movie. Uh, what, The Boy Next Door? The Boy Next Door. The
0: Boy Next Door starring J-Lo and... Some fella. (laughs) Some abs
2: delivery system. If you
0: haven't seen this movie, it is hilarious and it goes crazy. Unfortunately, three yahoos are going to be talking over it the whole time. Their names,
1: Dan Stewart and Elliot. Uh Tickets are going to go on sale on the, Monday. Yeah, the Monday after this episode comes out. Uh, and come join us. It's a pretty small Monday, the twelfth of December.
2: I think we will going to be on big sale, room, but it's going to be fun. I the mean, it's show not as big is on stadium. <laughs> the show is on January the fourteenth. That's a Saturday. That's a Saturday. So if you did not get tickets to our Bell House show January on the twenty-first, which is sold out, never fear. There's another show at the Alamo. A different type of show. A movie riffing show. On January the fourteenth at the Alamo Draft House, Brooklyn. And guys,
0: I my riffing chops are pretty pretty tight now. After my Mystery Science Theater, uh, work. why is
1: that? Oh, because you worked for a show, uh, a television
0: show. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I'm also the show that be- invented movie riffing, and I'm saying that as if I had
1: anything to do with that, <laughs> even though I was a child when it started. Uh, I'm also going to plug something real quick. Uh, this the, toaster into the wall. The. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm really dadding you're that, it up tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: threw another, another curveball at me, and I swung at it. Uh, so the, the MaxFun New York group <laughs> is throwing a holiday party, their Candle Nights party, at my bar, hinterlands, on in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn on uh, December seventeenth. It's a Saturday night. Um, so if you want to come down, I know I'm going to be there. I know before the party, I think the party starts at eight. There's going to be a, like a holiday cookie exchange beforehand. Weird. And, uh, I think there's going to be uh, a Yankee swap and my wife and I are organizing a silent auction with all the proceeds going to charity. Oh, very So it nice. should be fun. Uh, come on down to Hinterlands, December 17th.
0: If you haven't been to Hinterlands... You don't even have to wait for December 17th. Just go on down. It's a great bar.
2: Speaking of Candle Nights, uh, which is a My Brother, My Brother, and Me thing. Uh, and I no, just, it's
0: called Hanukkah.
2: <laughs> I just want to <laughs> say, uh, Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, Jesse said some very nice things about us in the last Jordan, Jesse, go about how... Uh, I don't buy it. Our show,
3: <laughs>
2: our show has helped him through some tough times as uh, he has been unhappy about uh, the post-election uh, world. Uh, <coughs> and I just wanted to say, in reciprocation, the same goes for his show and also uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me. So Jordan, Jesse, Go and My Brother, My Brother and Me, great shows that have helped me cheer up. And just two of the shows on the Maximum Fun Network, which happens to be our network. Which has a lot of great shows. A lot it. of great shows. So, Including
1: uh, uh, the Adventure Zone that I was recently a guest on.
2: That's true. And Judge John Hodgman, which I was a ge- guest on a while back. Synergy.
0: It's turned into like a Tim and Eric bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of digital effects were going on with Dan's face that you couldn't see just then. Mm-hmm. But now that we're done with all of that stuff, we should move along. That was a lot of plugs. A lot of but plugs. But I thought
1: they were good plugs. We plugged good stuff. Yeah, we're like a uh, couple of circuitry mans. <laughs>
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, circuitry's men Um, Vernon
1: Wells is getting a lot of airtime on this podcast (laughs) he should be paying us
3: (laughs)
0: Stuart did you know I don't know if you still can there was a period when he was part of a stable of actors where you could pay him to talk on the phone with him for a half hour
1: that's fucking awesome or, or you could
0: buy a call from Vernon Wells to somebody I would totally do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll look up the information. I'm going to see. For, for a few years now, I've been considering get, doing that for your birthday.
1: Oh my God, that would be <laughs> And been <laughs> like, is this something Stuart would really like? Or I don't know. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Because I remember the
0: rates being very reasonable. <laughs> 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 uh, now Wells. that you mentioned
1: it, he's going to blow up and his rates are going <laughs> to Vernon jump. Wells' time, less valuable than you'd think. <laughs>
2: Not, that's not true Continue Dan <laughs> We should move along To our next segment Moving show, right along
0: ning a ning, ning a ning, To is... the next segment
2: now the next It's segment. the letters Letter segment, segment. segment With letters from you Alright thank you um, So before we get into The letters proper <sighs> We should
0: uh, no, <laughs> Alright <got>, I'll <laughs> sing a fuller song Letters no. We got the letters for us no, okay. I'm,
2: We have these gifts These nice uh, uh, Holiday gifts Oh From Jason, last name withheld, which I feel like we should open now.
1: So, opening things on air, as always, is going to go great. You can hear the paper. Oh, Foley, Foley. Look at these presents. If held up against that tree, it would look like a modern Judea. It would look like some kind of futuristic city. Oh, man.
2: This is great. I love it. Whoa. Mm. So what I have here is I've got a Blu-ray special edition, Criterion Collection edition of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Uh, written
0: by Roger Ebert.
2: Yeah. Hey. I have
0: got... Oh, what are you saying?
2: No, a fine film.
0: I, uh, I'm very excited. I have a Blu-ray of The Sun Shines Bright, which is a John Ford movie I have not seen. Uh, which it mentions on the back is a remake of Judge Priest, which I have seen. But I'm not familiar with this one at all, so I'm curious to see it. Thank is Judge you. Judge
1: Priest in Mega City One or Mega City Three. <laughs> no. And I have Thank a you, Blu-ray Jason. copy of John Carpenter's Elvis, oh. a John Carpenter movie I've oh. never seen. Ooh. Holy
2: crap, that's amazing!
1: Yeah, where Kurt Russell plays Elvis, this the movie is awesome. he met Kurt Russell on, right? Uh, as I said, I don't know, so we're gonna find
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> these are really, these are really great picks. I think. Uh, thank these you, are Jason. fantastic. Wow, yeah. thank
0: you, Jason. You know us. It would be funny if John Carpenter decided to do the score for the Elvis movie too, and so Elvis <laughs> is just performing like songs from the Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> soundtrack. Hey, who's that guy over there? I'll try, okay, play us a song.
2: Big Trouble. <laughs>
0: in Little China
2: uh but uh moving into thank the, you jason everyone yeah thank you very much moving into the letters
0: now it's time for the real oh, letters gifts on the side thanks for those gifts and now here we're giving a gift to you in the form of reading letters
2: thanks i just don't have it tonight that's right i mean no i we've got we've had a number of songs they've just been <laughs> yeah it's very short, short and sweet
1: like an anal cunt song <laughs> oh, <laughs> um is that a band <laughs> yeah, yeah duh <laughs> Oh, yeah I, f- I
0: forgot they're the number one band uh, in the country do I <laughs> <laughs> don't you watch t r l
2: uh so this is uh <laughs> just imagining that band being on t r l this is from Name Withheld because I didn't even put the first name on here. I'm
3: <laughs>
1: Professional. Super, super profesh. Uh, Somebody's been on ZipRecruiter.
2: <laughs> hey, Flop Tarts. I was recently thinking about the zombie film 28 Days Later, which I perceived to have a radical shift in tone halfway through. I mean, a radical <laughs> shift in Isn't
1: tone. It, uh, when he's throwing all those zombies start skateboarding. That's when Sandra Bullock turns into a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> waka, waka, waka. ay 28 days joke.
2: A radical shift halfway through. <laughs> waka,
0: waka.
2: <laughs> At first it seemed like a moody and thoughtful post-apocalyptic story with grounded characters before turning into a pulpy, over-the-top gore fest when the military shows up. I kind of feel the tonal shift was supposed to complement the narrative twist, but it just spoiled the movie for me, like if there was a fart joke in Citizen Kane, but the fart joke is the entire second half. I will mention that there is a fart joke in The Great Gatsby. Can you think of any movies with wildly inconsistent tones or huge shifts in tone that actually benefit uh, from the in- inconsistency? You're all the best, especially Elliot. Oh, thank you. Well, I, Stuart oh, mentioned, He misspells your
0: name, so... You're dead to me. Uh, Stuart mentioned Audition earlier in the Yeah, Audition episode. is the
1: gold standard for uh,
2: a tone shift movie. For like extreme tone shifts that pay off really well. I'm a big fan of uh, Something Wild that starts off like a hmm. screwball... Sex comedy and then turns into a tense thriller when Ray Liotta comes in as a crazy ex-boyfriend.
0: Not quite as radically. Like, The Apartment is similar in that it starts—it seems to start out as kind of like a goofy sex farce but becomes a story about, like, attempted suicide and real heartbreak and, things, and like, what it means to be a human being. That yeah. one's less abrupt in terms of the overt tone, but in terms of subject matter, it's a, it's a real shift.
2: Then there are really overt movies with a shift, like From Dusk Till Dawn.
0: I was going to just say that. Well, I mean, but that's, like a, that's not so much a tone shift. as just like the plot. It's like two movies got smashed
2: together. <laughs> that's, I, I love the shift in From Dusk Till Dawn, but I remember watching that movie in the theater. And when the vampires showed up, my friend leaned over to me and goes, I think this film just took a turn for the stupider.
0: <laughs> Except all the commercials for the
1: movie made it clear that they were it was a vampire movie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it also got, like, it also gets way wackier. That's true. You know, it does get sillier. It's certainly, I mean, Tom Savini has a penis gun in that movie. Yeah, but that's before the vampires get there. (laughs) Okay, I guess you're right.
0: But, like, or Gremlins 2 is kind of similar in that it starts out as kind of like a silly (laughs) horror movie. Not horror movie. It starts as a silly monster movie and then becomes literally a live-action cartoon. You know, like, it pushes the silliness so far.
2: I remember when I was a kid, like... That was, like, a bridge too far. I, I love Gremlins 2 now, but when I was a kid, I was like, I wanted a scary movie. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, like, really? it got so silly at the end. I loved it so much. That was, like,
1: heaven for Dude, me. Dude, I that movie went apeshit kid. for Gremlins 2. Yeah. I had, like, all the collectible cards, and I kept them in a fucking sleeved binder <laughs> in order. Uh, I'm who try- was your favorite gremlin in Gremlins 2, Dan? Uh, I liked the spider gremlin.
0: Really? Not the crazy gremlin <laughs> who pretends to be a dentist? He's awesome. He's great.
1: <laughs> oh, and by the oh, way, that's why? exactly Elliot's favorite Gremlin. Oh, yeah, always. Just Either like my that favorite... or the electric Gremlin that kills all the other Gremlins. Just like
0: how my favorite weasel in Roger Rabbit is the crazy one in the straight jacket who just carries a straight razor in his hand.
1: Uh, no, yes, he's terrifying. great. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked that Dan's favorite gremlin isn't the most obvious one, the Lady Gremlin. Yeah,
0: actually, you're right because I'm sure there were plenty of lonely nights as it where Dan <laughs> was solaced by thoughts of the of being Robert Picardo at the end. <laughs> when I was <laughs> that a,
2: Lady Gremlin. When I know when I was a kid, I was like. That's the stupidest thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Girls are gross. Yeah, they got a grandma with cooties.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, so ch- a little a dice man shadow. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: dice, dice man watching face too. <laughs> Hickory dickory duck. <laughs> the tone shift of this movie is oh. Um, I'm trying out. to think. There are other uh, there are movies that are slipping my mind right now that go that where there's an abrupt shift that. That works out real well, either from comedy to drama, or it's rarer to go from drama to comedy. Yeah, but for a movie that starts out silly and becomes
2: very serious, I feel like that it all happens and pays off quite a bit. I tend to like a tone chip movie. I don't know. I I find that any movie that's like brave enough to do that usually is pretty confident.
0: And also, to be often, it like the older I get, the more bo- the faster I get bored with movies in a way. Yeah. and so if a movie shows me something different. At a certain point, I'm like, okay, great. It's like I'm watching another movie already.
1: Yeah, you become
2: desensitized to the thing that you
1: love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know how to exactly put it that
2: way, yeah. but maybe. You have to find new and crazier delights to stimulate yourself. I mean, that is... you'll
1: <laughs> travel to the Far East and find this magical <laughs> puzzle box. No, don't you... <laughs> finish
0: it. Don't complete it.
1: What's it called? The what's it called sequence? I wasn't going to finish the joke for fear that Pinhead and his buddies would <laughs> no!
0: show up. No,
1: but... Uh,
0: that's kind of what happens with bad movies, with people who watch a lot of bad movies, is that they have to watch crazier and kind of grosser bad movies to yeah. get that same thrill of like, oh, huh? what? And that's when I found myself reading like zines or websites about crazy movies, where at a certain point it's like, mm, you know what? I've learned more about this Italian hardcore zombie horror film from the 70s <laughs> than I want to. I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. I think I'll just learn about something else now.
1: Yeah, when you become like a, a searcher of extremity, uh, uh-huh. you, uh, you begin to. I think you uh, everybody reaches a point where you realize that extremity for extremity's sake is not really worth it, and that you want you want more nuance. Yeah, and if there's you want not subtlety to your brutality, if there's not a metal band the day after this is released called Searcher of
2: Extremity, i would be very disappointed. Yeah, they're going
1: to be opening for uh, Vagenda of
2: Manocide. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this next letter is from Peter, last name withheld. Pumpkin eater. He says, I just had an Elliot sighting in Park Slope tonight. It was super exciting. Stay
0: away from my family. <laughs>
2: my, my friends and I were it's in a, a chocolate. man bites dog moment. <laughs> my friends were in a... My friends... And I were in a chocolate bar hanging out, talking shit.
0: Wait, oh, that is that chocolate? Wait, they were in, like, like a giant chocolate bar?
2: That's right. They're inside of Snickers. It's
1: like the poster for Sack Lunch from Seinfeld.
0: How'd they get that bag? I mean, is it a really big bag? I love that that's... That she, she, like, can't... Deal. She can't even conceive of the idea that the it's a metaphor on the poster. It must be a literal representation of what happens in the movie Sack Lunch. Oh, they had the best fake movies on that Sack Lunch and channel and Death Blow.
2: Uh, so to continue, <laughs> my friends and I were in a chocolate bar, hanging out, talking shit after an outstanding meal at Bear Burger. Went in, walked. Oh, Elliot. So they were at Cocoa Bar. Okay. And walked Elliot with his friends, just hanging out, talking shit. I pulled out my phone and showed my friends, Hey, one of those dudes is on this podcast. I ultimately left (coughs) without saying anything to Elliot, much like the time I saw John Mulaney carrying laundry detergent outside Bigelow's on 6th Avenue. Because really, (laughs) what is there to say? I mean, that's a much better celebrity sighting than me, but... Have you guys ever... Broadway star John Mulaney? Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever not said something to a famous person? Also, who else should I put on my star star map in Park Slope? <laughs> I've obviously seen Maggie Gyllenhaal at Gorilla Coffee and Peter Sarsgaard at Bark Hot Dogs. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I well, know that not
1: Bark has since closed, but I know that
2: I
0: mean, ben, you
1: could have seen it when Bark was open.
0: I know. I'm just saying, don't
2: go to Bark Hot Dogs expecting to see. Yeah, it's not going to be Peter Sarsgaard
0: because he's not going to be there anymore because it doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't
2: have to fucking go to Hogwarts and get a time turner. <laughs> I know that <laughs> Vince from Entourage is a co-op member. Oh, I didn't know that. Might I see John Hodgman at Key Food one day? No, he'll see him at Union Market. Sincerely yours in floppitude, Peter, last name. Know, just look for the killer cabs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a
0: lot of, I mean, I see. So who have you
2: seen and not talked to? Uh, Well, Steve Buscemi. And also do you see in Park Slope?
0: In Park Slope, Steve Buscemi. I walked by him on the street and he seemed, it was very clear he was not interested. He just had stuff to do and he was not interested in talking to anyone who recognized him. So I just, just like, okay, I don't recognize you. John Turturro, I've seen a number of times talking to himself, <laughs> walking into traffic, just
1: whistling loudly. <laughs> um, I walked. Past, I was walking through Park Slope, and uh, it was a Saturday afternoon, and I was with some people, and we walked past uh, Patrick, Stru- uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh and yeah, because he lives in the neighborhood. Wife, no, and he was wearing like a newsboy cap. His wife Martha Stewart, and he. Uh, I looked at him, did a double take. <laughs> I probably did like an uh, a and uh, Your eyes turned into Enterprises <laughs> and then back again. <laughs> so I did a double take and made eye contact with him and he kind of lowered his head and like touched his cap uh, and I didn't say anything. Oh, that's nice though. I'm sure he saw me and was like, that's the exact kind of <laughs> motherfucker that's gonna blow up my spot.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, make it so anyway. I all gotta get going. I was at that bar the... Bull Moose or something like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? In Times Square? Near Times Square, Square, yeah.
0: The the bar we used to go to after... After comedy shows, shows, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: And I saw Peter Dinklage there with a woman who had a very significant whale tail on her thong. Uh, So what were you more excited about? (laughs) What caught your eye first?
0: Uh, Was it seeing the star of a show that is famous and is also... You know, easy to pick out in a crowd. Let's just say, or was it seeing? Was it seeing
2: Peter Dinklage? (laughs) Was it seeing her visible underpants? (laughs) You know, six of one. (laughs) Uh, So I saw Peter Dinklage that one, and I also was walking down the street once, and I saw Bob Costas, and he gave me a look like, "Yeah, I'm Bob Costas." Won't make a big deal out of it, and I was like, "Who the fuck cares?" (laughs) Like, boy, you are oh, barking up the wrong tree, wow. Bob Costas. You're like, I don't
0: care about sports. Stop dyeing your hair, old man. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, oh, you fucking showed him. But yeah. there have been a lot of times where there are celebrities I wish I had said something to, like, get the fuck out of my way. No, that, that I wish mm-hmm. I, had, I had introduced myself to, but I was too nervous to. At the Writers Guild Awards last year, Frank Conniff was there, and I was just Whoa. too nervous to introduce myself to him because I didn't know how to approach
2: him. Yeah, if we're talking about celebrity regrets, uh, when we were at, the Emmys the last time for john uh, winning for john show uh, was it it wasn't that time I think it was the time before that actually Tatiana Maslani was there, and I would have dearly loved to have like gone up to her. Uh, there
0: was there was a time when i was we you we, hear we had won and we were I was walking into the governor's ball, and Bob Odenkirk was like right in front of me, and I was like and I wanted to introduce myself to him so badly because i'm such i've been a fan of his you know mm-hmm. for twenty yeah. years. More than that, but it's I was like uh, I can't do it, and it was like if ever there was a, like you I have like
1: a bit from the Ben Stiller show queued <laughs> up in <laughs> yeah. your head. It's <laughs> like do
0: one of your sixty-second conspiracy theories, but like uh, do the electric car one. But uh, it, like I had an Emmy in my hand, and I felt like right. I did not have the confidence to inter- to steal, like introduce myself to him, even yeah. as a fan. Like ugh, terrible. Regrets. But uh, but in Park Slope, I have a few. Yeah. But then again, too few to mention. <laughs> but uh. Park Slope's full of celebrities. Come it's on down and, and, them, yeah. and
1: people sight. You shake the buildings and they all come tumbling out.
0: <laughs> Falling out, out.
2: yep. Uh, especially if there's Stevie mm-hmm. Sammy or John DiTuro. Mm-hmm. So uh, this next one is from Nick, last name withheld. Lachey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, After finally delving through every episode in the Flophouse archives, I set out to find another bad movie podcast to listen to in between <laughs> episodes in an act of what can only be described as brand loyalty, I decided to forego the obvious how did this get made and instead settled on the worst idea of all time podcast. If you aren't familiar, it's the podcast where two New Zealand comedians get together and watch the same bad movie once a week for a year and document their descent into madness. Assuming this in some way doesn't violate... That sounds
1: fucking brutal, man. Podcasting once a week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Assuming this... is.
0: i hope that sound picked up on the the microphones
2: assuming this in some way doesn't violate the eighth amendment which they apparently don't have in new zealand what previously flopped movie would you three watch every week for a year nick last name withheld p.s i gently caress the doorknob in a firm yet sensual manner did i win radio zork
1: uh, can't do a Trojan horse radio Zork, uh, maneuver. That doesn't work. Mm-mm, nope. Shut Mm-mm. it down, Dan. <laughs> Shut it all completely down. Uh, I, I mean, I think the answer's pretty clear, guys. It's Bratz the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be- You're
1: right, it is Bratz I think movie. that's also the movie we've watched the most times. Other than Either Tango and Cash. Or,
2: yeah, I mean... Oh, Tango and Cash. That's a good... I don't actually, think we can say that, I feel like yeah, That's unfair. We, but
0: we watch that knowing that we love it. Yeah, we that would We watch that unfair. for funzoes. I feel like that would, be, that would be like a tax loophole in this thing. To mm-hmm. be like, hey, technically it's legal. Yeah, but you're not supposed to do it that way. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say maybe
1: No Deposit. Oh, right.
0: I could watch that, that once a week. That was fun.
1: Uh, I Know Who Killed Me was pretty fun. Actually, yeah, I Know Who Killed Me was pretty fun, too. And that brings back good memories of the first time Elliot was on the show, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a yeah.
2: special movie in my heart for that reason. What movie has the most butts? Fifty Shades of Grey? I yeah, mean, probably. It has like a butt in it. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't yeah, watched a that. lot of times. The same butt multiple times. <laughs> that
0: doesn't count as extra butts.
2: <laughs> you count butts your way and I'll count mine.
0: This butt census is never going to get off the yeah. ground.
2: Uh, uh, i think i i think you're right though i think you got it in one i think brats brats yeah Bratz
0: yeah it's, it's it has sp- a certain
2: joie de vivre that i uh enjoy
0: i find myself thinking about the songs from that movie more often than i'd like to they're not particularly good songs they're very catchy
1: uh do you ever do you ever have nightmares that your wife is going to come home and catch you and sammy watching the brats movie and sammy's like singing along to the songs and everything
2: I thought you were going to say, not Do really. you, ever, you ever have nightmares that your wife's a brat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> then I just turn over in bed and she's got huge, distorted eyes and, and like, whoa! And almost no, like, she's, it's like stick thin. Nah, it's, that would be horrifying. But uh, it's right now, my son's new thing now is the songs from Frozen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, I mean, the brat songs are not that far out of the general ballpark. In terms of quality, there's a real difference. But I could see it happening. And you know what? I'd support him every step of the way because he's got an attention span of about three weeks and then it'll be on to something else. Uh
2: Uh, The last letter of the evening is from Christopher, last name withheld. Cross. (laughs) Who's. He says. (laughs) It's titled Movie Idea for Stuart.
1: Movie Idea for Stuart. (laughs) <laughs> so he's singing it as he types it I mean that's more Michael McDonald But that's okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> OMG Stew Dude Yep. A movie where a regular dude falls in love with a cartoon hottie Like a regular Jessica Rabbit hottie mm-hmm. Oh yeah humans and cartoons exist together yeah. And they have a baby And the baby is CGI Okay. Also they have to stop a real estate developer From steamrolling a cartoon estate developer Mostly because cartoon housing is cheaper And you can't charge as much for it that's pretty, pretty much good. all I, I got. Mean, cheaper and you can't charge as much for it are pretty much the same thing. Oh, and expect a lot of cartoon nudity. Christopher last name withheld. Sounds great, dude.
0: <laughs> Wait, so Stewart in this movie? I don't, or he's <laughs> just watching this Stuart movie.
1: <laughs> Is See, I'm mean, am... just the
0: most narrow of narrow casting. Now, have
1: you ever seen the the show Shark Tank? Because that's just what you witnessed <laughs> here today, boys. I am a shark style investor I'm sitting on my plinth, <laughs> <laughs> on my dais, judging all those before me. And what he just did is he did a what they call in the business an elevator pitch, right, guys? That's what they call it. I don't know what business. I don't know movie making.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like a Imagine a Shark Tank where Ra- Ralph Bakshi is one of the investors. <laughs> so it's like, so this is a product that uh, it keeps food fresh the longer. Idea
1: that- um, when do the cartoon boobs come into it? If I could be on a show where I get to sit on a stage with Ralph Bakshi and people pitch cartoon, <laughs> porno movie ideas to us, that would be amazing. I am sure Spike could find room for it in its lineup. Yeah, definitely. Come on. Between all the Ink Master spinoffs. Or the Esquire Network. Does that still exist? Probably.
2: Uh but thank you, I guess, for that
1: <laughs> movie pitch. I mean mm-hmm. it's Dan Dan says that as if he did not read the letter at all before choosing it.
0: <laughs> as if Sometimes the letters else? choose me. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm Yoda over here. <laughs> uh. Mm. Mm, Yoda. Mm, yeah, back it up, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good, Yoda. <laughs> Looking real nice. Yeah. Why don't you put that gnarled walking stick down and... Uh, <laughs> stop next stop to me. wagging that
1: R2, you know with it. <laughs> stop, what's uh, what's just, under that robe, huh? <laughs> and just stop stealing that Space Traveler's nutri sticks <laughs> <laughs> I was always fucking wondering what those tasted like, because he's into it, dude. He really like, he, likes them. But you have to believe that he's eaten nothing but... Like boiled
0: bark stew for a hundred years actually not a hundred years 20 years because they inserted him into the prequel timeline you mm-hmm. know Ugh, yeah. so disappointing i kind yeah. of always assumed that he was like like one of those holy fool types like yeah. a wise man who is also kind of like not fit for normal society because he's so crazy yeah but it turns out like He's, he's just, just in hiding. Yeah, he's just in hiding, and he was as sensible as, as anything. He's
1: yeah. like a little frog ninja that kills clone troopers super easy. Yeah, you know, and says yeah. around the Jedi a perimeter make or whatever.
3: <laughs>
1: <sighs>
0: anyway, so... It'll all be explained in that Yoda Solo film that comes up. When he marries Han
2: Solo and becomes Yoda Solo, <laughs> 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 he takes Han's last name. <laughs> uh so this is the last segment of the podcast where we recommend a movie that we actually like now we enjoyed saving christmas for its bad qualities but what are some movies we enjoyed for their good qualities um i guess i'll go uh i've watched a lot of movies recently how many planes did you fly on uh how many movies was it no i was just hanging (laughs) out so many movies I was just hanging out around the house, and I had a lot of free time, so. <laughs> Whoa, sorry, dude. Yeah. Am I
0: reading My Struggle? Well, how detailed <laughs> <Yeah>. is this?
2: <laughs> I watched uh, Everybody Wants Some, which Stuart already recommended, mm-hmm. and, but I loved it. Uh, i would take 10 of those <laughs> over another boyhood. You know who wants some? Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And me. I watched Don't Think Twice, which was Okay. You know, so think twice about watching that one. It was fine, it, you know. It, it had it was, I, you know, like it's about New York improv culture. Oh, that's that movie. Okay. Yeah, and so I was like, well, a lot of this movie speaks to me directly, but then again, there is like a lot of it that's just like really like wackily like wrong. Like I am just like. Why does this whole improv troupe live together in a house? That seems strange.
0: Because they want to stop being polite and start getting improvisational.
1: Maybe that's how they're going to win their inheritance? Is it a haunted house? (laughs) Yes. You have to do an improv
2: show in a haunted house. Sounds like a Tales from the Crypt episode. I saw Elle. (laughs) guess so. The Paul Verhoeven movie, which was really well acted and directed. I'm still not quite sure what the movie was saying which is why You're i'm saying not, run out and read l magazine i'm not quite recommending it even though i think it's really worth watching
0: so are we watching the nominees that didn't win the award of recommendation from dan
2: <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back on a movie that i've seen before but i watched again recently i went i saw at the metrograph here in new york <laughs> what I was s- the
0: weather like that day <laughs> <I saw. laughs> <laughs> how, many, how much money was in your pocket when you were sitting there? I rewatched The Squid and the, the Whale. Pastrami swanwich. you just
1: say. <laughs> swandwich? Fuck
2: this
0: It's uh,
2: like a sandwich with a swan in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw The Squid and the Whale with Noah Baumbach in attendance uh, doing a Q&A afterwards. So you recommend going to see Squid and the Whale if Noah Bombach? is Yeah, it? exactly. Uh, no, I recommend Squid and the Whale. Uh, I know that, Elliot, you have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, it, it
0: doesn't. I mean, for me, it was not a wholly fulfilling experience. I'll, maybe if I watch it again, maybe I'll feel differently. I felt, I like, mean, it, I did, felt like I didn't get a hole from it.
2: You could mm. use more it's, yucks, more jokes. Well, I think it's a short story of a movie rather than like a novel of a movie, and I think that's okay sometimes. It
0: can be. I also take, I mean, I shouldn't harp on this, but like it is very hard for me to buy into nobody knowing that he didn't write that song Oh, yeah. That, like, nobody recognizes that song seems crazy to me. I mean, they do figure it out later in the movie, but, yeah, it is. That it, when, the minute he was playing it, someone didn't stand up and go, that's not your song. <laughs> that's from the wall. Like, I imagine him, him just sitting there going, like, I wrote this song. Okay, everybody. Shake it a baby now. Shake <laughs> it a baby. And everyone be <laughs> like, well, he's a genius. This is amazing. <laughs> okay, here's another song that I wrote. Okay. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh, this guy's great. So many different genres. Uh, it's like a jungle sometimes, I really wonder how I keep from going under. Okay, great, like, how many songs is he going to steal? But, but it, it's not a bad movie. It, yeah. went, it didn't It didn't work for me personally, but I'm not everybody. If you I'm had, every woman, but otherwise,
2: you know. If you haven't seen it quickly, it's about a family that's divorcing. Uh, Jeff Daniels and Laura <coughs> Linney are the parents, and Jesse Eisenberg is the older sibling, and I believe it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very Kevin sp- Klein's kid is the younger sibling. It's a very specific type
0: of... Like, like seventies, eighties, Brooklyn, eighties, nineteen. It's like nineteen eighty three. Yeah,
2: they're in Park Slope, and uh, uh, Jeff Bridges is a kind of a monster, like an intellectual monster. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Sorry, (laughs) Jeff Daniels. (laughs) Jeff Bridges is a monster, is all I'm saying. <laughs> he knows what he did to he's me. He's got a crazy heart. <laughs> well, uh, man, I don't know why you're talking about me. <laughs>
1: is that phantasm? Uh, oh, oh, sorry, oh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, wow, he's rattling his chains. <laughs> Old man Bridges is back. You summoned me? <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just spoke my name <laughs> four times. <laughs> Jesse I It's a bridge you best not cross. <laughs>
2: Jesse Eisenberg uh, sympathizes uh, more with his father, Jeff Daniels, even though Jeff Daniels is kind of self-evidently the worst. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's it's a young man, you know, who doesn't know enough about the world quite yet and idolizes his father and is kind of learning, like, oh, everyone's imperfect. And maybe, like, I need to give my mom a break and maybe, like, I love my dad, but he's not who I think he is. And it's that process of figuring (laughs) that out. That's a movie about about. maturing. Yeah. And it's, look, it's inspired by
0: one of my favorite dioramas at the museum of natural history. So it's got that going for it.
1: Yeah.
2: So squid and the whale. That's, that's my recommendation.
1: Huh. So, Elliot, you got twenty minutes worth of <laughs> recommendations?
2: <laughs> I just
1: okay. So, my recommendation begins
0: that, on a cold February night, nineteen seventy-three. Oh, Every
2: movie oh. that I brought up, was Elliot's grandparents. <laughs> Every movie I brought up was of value. Every movie I brought up was. Uh, if was I to worth tell saying.
0: you to tell you about the movie that I'm going to recommend, <laughs> we're really going to have to go back to ancient Babylon. <laughs> Where it seems, I'm going to recommend a movie that's probably still in the theaters as we talk now. Mm -hmm. It is a sci-fi flick by the name of Arrival, Mm -hmm. and it's the story of Amy Adams as No spoilers. No spoilers. It's the story of Amy Adams as- (laughs) as, Oh no, spoiler alert, Amy Adams is in it. Okay. uh, As a linguist who is enlisted when mysterious aliens appear over different points in the earth and- the first step to figuring out what is going on is communicating with them. And everyone's having trouble figuring out how to communicate with these aliens. And she is enlisted to unlock this puzzle. And by doing so, uh, discovers more than she intended. And, uh, I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time. I was a big fan of the story that it's based off of. And they kind of movied it up a little bit, but in a way that mostly worked for me. And, I've heard a lot of people complaining to me that the ending is a little too on the nose, but that didn't, wasn't really a problem for me. Like The ending is very sentimental in a way that I found very moving, and I could see how it might be too on the nose or over the top for some people, but uh, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve.
1: Who, oh, my favorite.
0: The previous film, his last one was Prisoners. Right? Oh no, his his, no, his last, last one, was, one was was Sicario, yeah. which I liked. Prisoners I didn't like Sicario I liked. This movie I like even more than those two and I found that his style which is very dark and very ominous combined with a story that is hopeful more than it is bleak mm-hmm. was a really good combination for me. It brought gravity to the
1: story but without dragging it down too much. So Arrival I really liked Kind of like the opposite of Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, kind of. Uh, yeah, kind Where of. Where he tried to drape everything in like, <coughs> seriousness, but also try and tell a story of a magical spaceman <laughs> A magical spaceman who wears his pajamas when he punches bank robbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and murders Michael Shannon's. Um, hey dudes, I'm going to recommend a nice, short, little, nasty piece of work, <laughs> like Saving Christmas.
0: It's uh, called Saving Christmas.
1: <sighs> I'm going to recommend a recently released thriller, a thrill ride called don't breathe. Uh, this was produced by Sam Raimi's <coughs> company that has been handling a couple of small, uh, tight little movies like the evil dead remake. Uh, and <laughs> what do you like? I don't know. Who said tight little, tight movie. little movies. <laughs> I don't like that. Okay. I will stop. Um, okay. So this is a, uh, a little thriller, about uh, three kind of down on their luck young young kids mm-hmm. who are the Mod Squad <clears throat> uh,
2: are who rob- have to do a dance recital to save the community center, huh? And <laughs> a so <dance> they're going
1: <laughs> recital,
2: <laughs> <laughs> whatever.
1: It's pretty official. <laughs> so they uh, they these the three kids are trying to get out of Detroit and make a little money. So they are robbing houses. And they have access to these houses because one of the kids' uh, fathers works for a security company. And they get a hot tip on a, a blind veteran's home who is sitting on a bunch of money after his daughter was killed in a car accident. And so they, uh, they break into this guy's home and get more than they bargained for. Uh-oh. <clears throat> um, so it's a very tense little movie. It uses a little bit of uh, like cinematic flourishes, but for the most part, I think it any like cinematic techniques and shots and camera movements, all that stuff. I think it works to better the plot as a, and and be, and like raise the tension as opposed to like, you know, some shit where like a camera flies through a keyhole or something, which <laughs> yeah. just kind of takes you out of the thing. Um, it almost reminds me more of some of the tricks that uh, David Fincher used in Panic Room. Yeah, I think doesn't the
0: camera fly through a mug handle in Panic Room? It
1: does, (laughs) (laughs) but for some reason it works in Panic
0: Room. I mean, David Fincher knows what he's doing. Yeah, Um, except when he made Bungern Button.
1: And uh, the 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 blind veteran is played by Stephen Lang, who is. Famously uh, pitched himself to play Cable in a future movie. <laughs> uh, cable, the Marvel superhero, uh, Marvel Not character. Cable,
0: the thing that you plug into <laughs> other things. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, would be great at that, though. Um, but he gives this amazing performance. Um, and I will say that there is a twist uh, near the end of the movie that is a little crazy uh, and is, some would find, very off-putting. Well, so. yeah,
2: yeah, you, you should... I think warn people that there is what is essentially an attempted rape scene in the movie if that is something that is going to uh, upset you to the point that you could not watch the movie.
1: Yes, that's fair. Dan, that is a good thing to warn people about. Uh, yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, okay, so don't breathe. On a so down not note, one for the family. <laughs> no,
2: put it, pop it in this Christmas. Pop some popcorn. Yeah. Pop
1: some boggers Get
0: Granny, get Pop Pop on the couch. Get All little Timmy and little little Jesse and little Betsy and just pop in. Don't breathe. <laughs> Heartwarming holiday. Why, why is everything
1: popping? <laughs> just
2: Popping off. Pop the whole things popping in, off.
0: Popping off.
1: Just, just pop some pop, bottles pop around paparazzi mm-hmm. yeah. drink some pop <laughs> uh just play use the pop to pop the dice no man we have done everything now that was everything we could do we in have done show.
2: everything in the world
1: every there's and, no thing we didn't you know do. this has been a pretty short episode for us but it's also <laughs> longer than the fucking movie again again i would continue our streak of talking longer than the movie yeah well you have any final thoughts dan Hey before guys, before you exit this mortal plane, be, Wait, good, be good to each other this
2: holiday season, right? You know. Hey, let's not be free- excellent to each other and party on, dude. <laughs> no,
0: all right, never mind. I won't get heartfelt because Dan didn't. I no, fell it, for the old Dan inability
2: can, to express his emotions honestly. You could be heartfelt. I give you permission. Look, I've said a lot about. Yeah.
1: It. Oh, uh, you got uh, me. Say something heartfelt, please. Dan. will slide some sunglasses on his face and chew some gum. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't celebrate Christmas. I
0: celebrate my own stuff. But a lot of people do celebrate Christmas. The point is, any excuse you can find to do something good for somebody else, to be good to somebody else, and to think about what you're lucky to have or what you're grateful to have uh, is a good thing to do. So if that means it's because it's the holidays, if that means it's because it's cold outside and you want to snuggle up that much closer, it doesn't matter. Let's take this time to... Try to give ourselves a reason to be better people and to be the best we can be to the people around us and the rest of the world. And then let's take that feeling and let's continue it beyond the holiday season into the year 2017 because we're going to have enough problems in the year 2017. Let's all try to be our best selves and just keep running with it. And I think we're all going to be a lot happier that way and we're going to make other people happy that way too. And that's all I'll say.
1: That's a pretty Amen. good setup for this, uh, for that letter-writing campaign. Everybody's starting to write letters to the Mondo Corporation <laughs> so that they'll mail me a complimentary <laughs> Phantasm Ball Christmas tree ornament.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about when I say that, is <laughs> write to the Mondo Company and demand a
1: free <laughs> Phantasm ornament. For Stuart. For Stuart. Not for you. This is for Stuart. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Think about others at this time of
2: need. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's been great. Uh, we'll see you next time. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, you know what? I've been Stuart Wellington.
0: <laughs> and on second thought, I'm Elliot Kalen.
1: <laughs> Good night, everyone.
0: And then we do the regular show, and then we make it up as we go along. We're just doing it, doing it, hipping and hopping it. Bipping and bopping it. Bipping and bopping, mm-hmm. booping and booping Robin and Skopen. This is Sammy's new thing, by the way, is making up rhymes. So all dinner, he was going. He's like, you have a chair, or you have a Claire. Mm-hmm. You eat your cheese, or you eat your peas. Like I'm just thinking, and most of them is most of them is like your hair
1: is a zare. Just like made up nonsense. <laughs> It's really funny that yep. he does it for a long time. He's like, uh, M- "Mom, spaghetti, <laughs> Bel spaghetti, <laughs>
0: It's Freddy. still getty. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, spaghetti, a uh, league of their own. Oh, um, uh, uh, all right, <laughs> league of their own, fully grown, <laughs> Seti bitch and moan, S- Seti. yeti on the seti, eating spaghetti, hands are sweaty. <laughs> uh, Fred and Betty. Oh, I guess it. Well, Fred shouldn't be with Betty." Well,
1: we don't know. <laughs> oh,
3: we don't boy. know what's That's happening between way. the two of
1: them. That there so was... they went to a key party and they put their little rock, <laughs> the rock keys. Yeah. It was yeah. a rock party. You couldn't
0: tell the difference between the rocks. There has to be some unproduced script someone at Hanna Barbera wrote for fun where Fred and Barney swap wives. It has to exist.
2: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.